Okay, great. I'm great. I'm happy to see the energy. Wasn't Emmy amazing? Yeah. Yeah. You know, Emmy um, in Dover, sorry, in Victoria, um, when we had the trade, the trader school, and she's such an amazing lady. She's actually one of the the very good trainer um, who was a part of our team, which was actually very great. And can we all give it up for her? I know you guys probably learn a lot from her as well, and um, I sure do learn a lot uh, from her, and I'm learning a lot while I'm being here. Thank you very much for the hospitality, and thank you very much, Uganda. I, I think when I leave here, I must learn how to speak your language somehow. Yeah. I'll learn a few words um, so that when I come back, I, someone told me I look Ugandan, so maybe <laughs> this is just the language. Okay, great. Okay, great. I'm excited today. Does anybody have their notebook? Yeah. Okay, great. I'm going to show you something before I start. Okay, for everyone who's new, this is your Bible, literally, in this business, because this is what you make your money from. So if you have one of these, everyone in my team, when they get started, I tell them one thing. First thing you do is you go buy a book like this. Then what you do is in the front of the book, you put your name list. At the back of the book, that's where you put all your notes from all the training. Every time somebody stands up in front who is a leader and has a rank, and they are talking, you are taking notes. And this becomes your Bible, because everything in here is what drives your business. Without a name list, your business is dead. Without your notes from all your training, your business is dead. Ever heard the saying that uh, everybody that attends training makes five times more money than those who don't? It's true. So if you don't come to training, you're missing out a lot. So, like Amy said, my name is Wendy Sakula. I saw this concept about three years ago. Uh, when I saw the concept, I was trying to um, She told me I'm a chemical engineer and I was working for the president for the infrastructure advisor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. So I was working as an infrastructure advisor, and the one thing that I had is that I had no time freedom. And because I had no time freedom, I did not have time to spend with my kids, did not have time to spend with my wife. Life was work home, work home, work home. That was my life. We used to take one or two vacations a year, but in the past three years, thanks to God, we've taken over 31 vacations through this concept. And I want to show you a very short video of what life looks like when you are doing World Ventures. So when you said yes to World Ventures, so when you said yes to World Ventures, that's the life you're subscribing to. But the most thing is this: that if you don't know that that's the life you're subscribing to, you miss the whole point, and then you wonder why your businesses are booming. It's normally because you've forgotten why you got started in the first place. 
So I want to just talk about that, um, which is very important. And the reason I'm starting off with the why is because otherwise it doesn't matter what I tell you, it doesn't matter what I train you today. If you don't have a why, when you walk out the door, all is going to be forgotten and none of it is going to make any sense and none of it is going to, is going to result in anything good for you. So I'm going to give you guys some time just to think about what your why is. Um, I'll tell you what my why is and then I want you to think about what your why is because everything you do, if you don't have a reason why you do it, you never do it properly and you always quit when you don't have a reason why you're doing something. So just to give you an idea what my wife is, so I'm a father of two kids, and one of them is a girl. And the one thing that I've always said I don't want to do, my, my daughter is very precious. And I, I don't know what this word is, in, I know it in my local language, we call it a mufu. So a mufu is someone who's about a stupid idiot. So the one thing that I don't want is that some mufu to come along when my daughter is of age and promises to take her to Dubai. Yeah. <laughs> but I want her to say that my father has already taken me. I want my daughter to learn about the world through me as a father, rather than learning from some guy that she's <laughs> that she's gonna meet someday. That's the standard that I want to set for my wife. I want to for my for my children to be the standard that they live up to. The other thing for me which is very important is, you know how we always tell our children that they can be whatever they want to be? But here's a funny thing, we tell everybody that they can be whatever they want to be, but how many of us are living out our dreams? Yet we tell our children every single day that they can achieve their dreams and they can be whoever they want. You see, children learn better from what they see than what they hear. So if you are not chasing your dreams, guess what your children are also going to do? They're not going to chase their dreams. So I wanted to make sure that I become the hero to my children. Because if I fail at being a hero to my children, my children will have a mediocre life. So that is my why. That's why I do this. Because I want my children to excel in life and I want my children to have the exposure and see the world and not be fooled by some hopeful that comes along in the future. I don't know what your why is. Sometimes changes. When you start, sometimes it might be that you want money. Sometimes it might be you want to take someone on a holiday. Sometimes it might be something else. I don't know. But the one thing that I do know is that if you don't have a why in your whole life, your whole business won't work on a face. So this is what most people's why looks like. Right? Most people when they join, this is all they see. They just see money. But I want to ask you this question. So so let's say you get all the money in the world, then what? Then what? You have the money, then what? See, the thing is, your why has to be more than just that. Because money alone will never make you happy, will never make you fulfilled. And our slogan in this company is fun, freedom, and fulfillment. So that means there has to be fulfillment, and money doesn't fulfill anyone. So it's very important to understand your why, because when you understand your why, you understand what you're doing. I'm going to play that a very short video um, that I want you to watch, which explains exactly this concept. And this is from somebody that I, I listen to. He's a comedian, uh, Michael Michael Jr. He's a comedian, but he's a Christian comedian. So he goes around preaching, and he uses comments to spread the gospel of God. 
So like I was saying, your why should be your purpose. And what is your why? A why is what, for what purpose are you doing what you're doing? So what I want you guys to do right now, I'm going to take two minutes and I want you to write in your book, in your notebook, what the reason is you are doing all pictures. And the thing I want to tell you is this, that while you are thinking about what it is that you do, the reason you're doing all pictures, if it doesn't make you cry, then you haven't that deep. That's the thing that I can tell you. If it has, doesn't make you cry, it doesn't make you feel emotional, and you have it that deep. And until you find that why, when somebody says no to you, you won't care. Until you find that why, when your team decides to quit, you won't care, because you know that the reason you are doing this is bigger than that. See, a lot of people get discouraged and they quit all day, just not because it's difficult but because they don't have a strong why. So one of the first things that we do in our team when somebody gets started, besides asking them how much money they want to make, we sit down with them and we ask them, why do you want to do more business? Because I'm not going to work with somebody that just wants money. I'm going to work with somebody that wants more than just money. Because my role is to impact someone's life. And to impact someone's life is to help them achieve their highest potential. And you won't be able to do that if you don't know someone's why. And I use this, so you can use this with your team, actually, it works very well. What's your name, man? Mary. So let's say Mary's in my team, and she tells me her why. And let's say down the line, Mary can't get her four. She just started a week ago, and it's been a week, she hasn't signed up a single person. Now Mary says she wants to quit. Can you guess what I would say to her? I will ask her, what was the reason you got started before? She will tell me, and I will ask her the question. Are you saying you not having your four in a week is such a big thing that it's deterring you from achieving your why? You see, if a no is stronger than your why, then you should go and do something else that can make you money and not this. Because if your why is strong, you are able to withstand anything. It doesn't matter if someone quits, it doesn't matter if there's something in the media, it doesn't matter what happens, but because you know what your why is or the reason you got started, you will walk right through it, right? So, normally what we have in life is this. There's a, there's a pyramid of hierarchy, which is a Maslow's pyramid of, of needs. This is slightly different. So most people start off in survival mode, which is where most of us are. When you start out in survival mode, you just want to make it through. Either you have debts that you have to pay, or you have things that need fixing, you need to build a house, you need to buy a car, you need to take your children to school. Normally that's where you start off. And normally when that happens, that's the hardest part. Because you feel like you're working so hard, you're not achieving your dreams. And then you start building a team. Then you start having spaces. Now you become a senior rep. The problem is that some people, when they get to senior rep, they get stuck. That happened to me. I was a senior rep for two years. It was hard. I was doing everything, but it just wasn't happening. Until one day I was driving with Sachin in the car, and I said, Sachin, I don't know what's wrong. And he said, one very simple thing. He said, have you been on a dream trip? I said, yes. He said, have you been paid before? I said, yes. Then he says, 
So it works. I said, yes, if this was your problem. <laughs> so basically what he was saying is that until you believe and until you yourself are convinced, because you see sometimes people have very more ventures, but more ventures are not in their head. A lot of people still don't believe. And the one thing that I can tell you is if you haven't been on a dream trip or you haven't used the product in any way or form, you will not believe. And the reason you won't believe is because when somebody tells you a story, you will believe that someone who's not a member that tells you that this doesn't work. You don't have a leg to stand on because you don't have a story to tell. So what I always say to people is create a story. You see, most people would say that I just joined, I with my last money, I don't have any more money. But here's the one thing I can tell you. A business that you don't invest into will never grow. So you need to invest in your business. And taking a dream trip is an investment into your business. That's the thing that's important. So you're going to start off here in survival mode. You're just trying to travel along, you're pushing, you're pushing, you're pushing. And then at some point, it's going to click. And you're going to now start hitting ranks. You become a senior rep. You haven't quite hit the status yet, but you become a senior rep. The next thing is you keep going, you, you keep getting ranked. Then you start getting ranks you become a director, marketing director, RMD, and then you hit IMD. When that happens, you move from just having a status to having freedom. Because now you've got complete time freedom. Now you're no longer pushed just to survive. But the key thing that we're all fighting for is to have purpose. That is why your why is so important. Because if without your why, you will never get there. You will always be stuck here because there's no purpose and there's no reason to get here. In the same way that Sashin said to me, what's your problem? The other thing that he said to me was this. He said, until you discover the reason why you decided to do all that just to start working, you are never going to take this business anywhere. Because you're going to get frustrated when people say no. You're going to get frustrated when your team doesn't have travel partners. You're going to get frustrated when your team doesn't sign up anyone. You're going to get frustrated when your team doesn't do anything. He said, if you have discovered your why, it doesn't matter what the team does because you are the team. See, the most problem that we make is that we think that the team is your business. The business is you, not your team. So it's your purpose and your why that needs to be strong. It's not really it's yours. And until you discover you haven't discovered yours, forget about hitting your ranks. Cool? Yeah. Okay. Hi. <laughs> so, so I'm gonna tell you guys about it. I'm gonna show you guys a video. So I'm gonna tell you a journey. So this this business is a journey and I'm gonna share with you a journey that I went on. Um, a while back, so so I, I I'm a mountain biker, so I ride bicycles. I know it doesn't look like it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm quite a sporty person. I, I I ride mountain bike until three years ago when I fell off my bike and hurt my back. But but yeah, about four years, five years ago, I used to belong to a club, and um, me being me. I was part of a club, and there was this lady in our club. And she said to me, she asked the question, who would like to join her on a, on a race called Dover to Sea? I didn't know what it meant. And I thought, okay, it's 
this if he wants to do a race, I can do it too. So that's the character I am. If anyone says they can do something, I can do it as well. <laughs> so anyway, I decided I'll do this race, but I didn't know what it was. So you see, normally races are one day. You do 60 kilometers in a day or 30 kilometers in a day, and you have to be the race time. So after I had decided I'm going to do this race, and, and, and here's a funny thing, when I decided to do the race, I had just come back from training, and not, not well been to training, but mountain bike training, and I was so tired, I was lying on the bathroom floor in my, in my house. And it was so hot, and the, the, so in my house I was like porcelain tiles in the bathroom. So I was lying on the floor trying to cool down because the floor was cold. And I was excited, and then when I got the message, I read it and I said, yes, I'm doing this, I'm excited. And that's exactly what happens when you go to training, you get pumped up, and you think you can do everything. That was me, I was excited, I can do this. Then she says, who wants to join me on this race? I said, me. Raise my hand. Like in the same way, if I ask you guys who wants to be IMD, you're all going to say, me. Right? So I did that. After I said that, and this was now in a group chat, one of my friends sent me a private message. He said, do you know what you just got yourself into? <laughs> so I was like, yeah. She said she's doing a race, but we're going to do a race. It turns out that the race was 900 kilometers over nine days. And can you imagine I'm lying on the floor and I find that out after I just said yes. And my whole back just went into a spasm. Because now I've enrolled for something which I didn't even know what it was. I'm going to show you what the race looks like so that you can understand the true nature of it. Neutral Jobo to see. Delivered by Avis Van Rental. <coughs> the Old Mutual Jobo to see is a nine day, 900 kilometer mountain biking stage race across four provinces of South Africa. <coughs> Starting at Karen Beef, about 50 kilometers south of Johannesburg and finishing nine days later in Scottsboro on the KwaZulu-Natal coast with some of the most breathtaking riding in between. South Africa has some incredible mountain biking stage races. We believe Joburg to Sea is one of the best when it comes to great riding and value for money. So, so that's what Joburg to Sea looks like, right? Now, I had signed up for this thing not knowing what I was signing up for. Right? Like most of you, when you sign up for, for vacations, you don't know. Right? You get excited after the travel party, and you get excited, you say, I'm in. And all you're thinking is IMD. Most people think that, right? When you join all vacations, you don't see all the other banks. All you see is IMD. Right? But the thing is, most of us don't know that when you do sign up, the road so we all think that the, the road is easy until we start doing the race. So I did the race, so I started, I trained for it like anything else you need to train for, right? Because you need to be ready. But what is it that you need to do in all ventures to get ready for anything? First thing you need to do is 
make a list, right? So your journey starts with you making a list. If you haven't made a list, you can't, it's almost like, you can't do a mountain bike race if you don't have a mountain bike. You agree with me? You can't do world ventures if you don't have a list. So that's the very first thing that you need to do, make a list. But here's the thing that we do, which is always a mistake. When people are supposed to make their list, what do they think of? Who has money? Who likes to travel? The one thing I learned is that the people that you think will do this will not. The people that will do this are those that you thought were not going to do this. So you always need to make sure when you make your list, you don't prejudge. So I was on my sponsor's chicken list for a very long time. And I was very angry with him actually after he showed this to me because I had worked with him for two years in the same office. He never said a word about all ventures. I booked a trip to go to Thailand for my anniversary. He didn't say a word. I bought timeshare while I was in Thailand. He didn't say a word. Two years later, he says, oh, let's have coffee. And he shared all ventures. I don't know why he had the courage by then. But he showed me World Ventures. And I was so mad because a week before that, that's when I bought the timeshare. And the timeshare cost me almost close to, what was it, 10,000 euros by the timeshare. And I was so angry because this, what we have here, is so much better than timeshare. But I was so angry. But the thing is this, he was prejudging me because he thought I was too successful to do World Ventures. You don't know who's going to do this. And the thing that I know is this. People who are successful are successful for a reason. And they're always hungry for more. So there are some people right now you don't want to put on your list because you are too scared. So you think they're too successful or they have it all. I'll tell you this. If you don't put them on your list and you do not show them, it's the same as seeing a beautiful girl that you like but you can't talk to her. The guys will understand, I don't know if <laughs> <laughs> But basically that's what it is. If you don't do that, you, you're like, your, your whole thing will be, will be dead, right? And the thing is this, you never know who's going to take this thing to the next level. One of the ladies in our team who's a, who's a rock star, now this is not, not just a TX, but in my personal team, she was a successful businesswoman. She had four guest houses in Cape Town. They were very successful. And I could have easily said, no, but Ziggy is um, too successful. She's not going to do this. Um, she's got four guest houses, and they're doing very well. And her husband runs a big uh, oil company in Nigeria. They don't need this. I could have said that. But the one thing when, my, when Marcus said this, said, don't prejudge us. I was like, OK, I want to show her. And I showed her, and she turned out to be the star in my team. Wow. So don't prejudge at all. Right? Everybody's named up. Right? But I always say to people, start off with the first 20 names. When you get started on day one, start off with the first 20 names. The first 20 names are people closest to you. And why do you start with the people closest to you? Because if you mess up with them, they'll forgive you. <laughs> but if you mess up with other people, they won't forgive you. So that's why you start off with the people closest to you. You know how many times I've seen somebody that I get started, and I say make a list of 20 names. They put all the people that they're not close to. And you're asking themselves, yourself, why are you putting people you're not close to? Firstly, 
they're getting that level of trust. Secondly, they're not going to do something just because you are doing it. But people who love and, 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 and like you, people that you have influence over, those are the people that will probably sign up very quickly. So most of us want quick results, right? But for you to have quick results, you need a quick list. That's very important. How many people here have a list? How many people carry their list with them every day? So you see, if you don't carry your list with you every day, what happens if you meet someone new? Where do you put their name? Because most people will put it in their phone, then they get home, they, they think, who was that guy that I met? Now you can't remember the guy's name, but his name is in your phone and not in your book. That is why you need to put it in a book. That is why I said to you when I started, you need, this is my new list that I started creating a month ago. So, I'll show you. So I always leave the first page open, because that's where I, I normally write my why. So every single page, this is what I do. I make five columns. The first column, I put the person's name down. The second column is his phone number. The third column is um, the date that I would have shown them more pages. The fourth column is the date that they joined. The last column is the reason why they didn't join. Because most of us don't know why people don't join. Because we don't track it. We don't know where to improve. See, like when you go, go mountain biking, one of the things that you have to track is your heart, heart rate, right? The other thing you need to track is your power ratio. And the other one which I'm not so good at is the weight to power ratio. Because obviously my weight is a little bit on the high side. So my weight to power ratio is always small. But if you don't track those things, you don't know are you improving or are you not improving. So when you are doing this, you need to be writing everyone's names down. So this is my new list, I'm still working off the old one. But literally, these are the names that I've collected in the last month. Um, and I haven't shown any of these people because I'm still working on my old list. But you need to be doing this all the time. Your list has to be alive. See, this week, I've been in Uganda now two days. I've already collected six names. And that's exactly what you do. So you meet people, right? You don't live in a, in a cave with no people. See, most people would say, but I don't know anyone. But the question is, but who do you work with? I don't know anyone. Who's your doctor? I don't know anyone. So who, who you wear glasses? Who's your commentators? You've got children. Your children have friends. Their friends have parents. Teachers, most people go to church in Uganda, I've discovered. <laughs> so you go to church or you go to mosque. There's people that you will meet. But the problem is we are always too scared to talk to people. Do you know that the person that you're too scared to could be the person that would take the business to the next level? But because you were too scared, you're missing out on everything. So that's number one, make your list. So there was me preparing. So now sometimes the preparing is not easy because sometimes you have to wake up in the dark. This was one of the mornings. This was my riding partners and we went for, for a ride in the morning. We had, we had to wake up at 4 a.m. every single day, get ready and we start riding at half past 4 in the morning. And we used to do about 30 to 60 kilometers every single day. Right? For five days in a week. This was my life while I was training. But you see the thing is most people do not spend time training themselves. So firstly, you have to have a list. Number two thing that's important is this. 
this business is 80% in the mind and only 20% mechanical. Because if I ask you today, Hadassah has the same system that you have, the same business that you have, the same training that you have access to, the same quick code videos that you have access to. She has exactly the same things. Fashion has the same things. Matt Morris has the same thing. But why is it that they are successful and you are not? That's only 20%. The other 80% is up here. The question is, what are you feeding your mind? How many people today shower their brain? Because <laughs> you take a shower every day, right? And it doesn't go out of fashion. In fact, if you haven't showered, the person next to you might not want to sit there. <laughs> but you shower every single day, and it's a habit. And you don't say showering doesn't work because you do it every day, right? But most people don't shower their brain. How many people read 15 minutes of personal development this morning? How many people listen to an audio? How many people surround themselves with positive people on a regular basis? See, the hands that are going up are very few. You, your preparation includes what you put in here. If you speak to anyone who's in IMD, the one thing that you will realize about them is that they've got a very strong mental state. They're very positive, they're very focused. So that's number two you need. You need a big list, you need to be focused, and mentally in the right direction. That's very important. Then the other thing is you need running buddies. And when I ask you the question, who is your accountability partner? How many people here have an accountability partner in business? Because if you don't have an accountability partner, how do you know you who, who keeps you accountable for what you said you were going to do? See, when I used to go to gym and I used to, to cycle, I always had to have a, a partner that rode with me. See, this guy here, his name is Jeff. This guy in the red, in the, in the yellow, the yellow top. His name is Jeff. He lives behind my house. He made sure that I woke up every single day for training because when I realized that this race was so long, I went to him and I said, "Put." And the thing is with me, if I say I'm going to do something, I never back down. That's the kind of attitude that I have. And, and that's because that's, uh, that's what I was taught at home, that you never start something that you don't finish. So because I had said I'm going to do this race, I couldn't take that back and not do it. So I went to him and I said, I'm in trouble. And I said, I need someone to help me train. He says, don't worry, I will train And we woke up every single day. He would call me. So here's how the routine worked. The night before, there was a certain meal that I had to eat to make sure I had the energy for the night the next day. So at 10 o'clock every single night, I would have uh, noodles, or I would have um, uh, spaghetti, or any kind of pasta, because I needed the carbs for the rice this morning. I would also have to have at least two liters of water if I go to sleep, because you lose a lot of water when you rise. Uh, he would call me every single day at about 9 o'clock and remind me, you need to eat your carbs, you need to drink your water, so that I'm ready for the ride the next day. 
So he became my accountability partner, making sure I do what I was set up to do. In this business, you need to have someone who's an accountability partner who helps you and keeps you in check. So what we do in my team is that we have what we call a focus group. In a focus group on WhatsApp, everybody chooses to be in the focus group. We don't, we don't um, just put everyone. Everyone chooses to be in the focus group. So right now we've got a focus group to, to the view. Everybody who wants to rank up to go to the view, and the view is part of the focus group. So what do we do in the focus group? Every single day, you post how many exposures you've done. So there's three things that we track. How many exposures you've done? Actually, it's not more than three. How many exposures you've done? How many on-the-spot sign-ups you had? How many forms do you have that are filled in? And how many home launches have you done? And the last thing is how many people you've called to the next event? Because that's also quite important. Johnny Wimbley says, if you need to inspect what you expect. So if you're not tracking any numbers, then you are not going to win. It's like being blindfolded and being given a gun. And they say shoot at a target, but no one tells you what the target is. So you've just got a gun if you're just shooting, hoping to hit something. So if you, if you build your business like that, you are not going to win. You need to have a target, focus, and you must track certain numbers. Those are the five things I would say you should track. Every single day, how many exposures you've done? How many on-the-spot sign-ups? How many forms filled in? How many um, home launches you're doing? And also, how many people you've booked for the next event? See, people who bring the most people to the event generally make more money. So if you want to make more money, make sure you bring people to the event with you. You guys have uh, um, RTE on the 10th of August, am I right? Yes. The question is, if, how many people here are one star rep? <coughs> okay, who wants to be a one star rep? Who is not a one star rep yet? Okay, so your goal is to bring five people with you to the event. So five, five people, in fact, what I would do if I was you, I would go five, buy five tickets for the event. Then I'll go find people. See, the problem is most people would say, I must first go find the people to go with me to the event. If you are building a business, you invest in the business yourself. You go and you buy the tickets. The people will come. Ever watch the movie, uh, what was it called? With uh, Harrison, not Harrison Ford. What's that other guy? Uh, not Bruce Willis. Ah, his name escapes me. But he, there was a movie that he did where he built this um, a baseball pitch. And he kept having a dream, and they kept telling him, if you build it, they will come. Exactly the same thing with your business. If you invest in your business, the people will come. If you invest, that's one thing that I learned from my MBA, which I've used always in my business, is for your business to grow, you need to invest in it. Every single business does that. For them to grow, they put money in so that the business can grow. The problem is a lot of people have a scarcity mentality. What they do is that they say, no, I don't have the money to invest in my business. It is not easy to invest in the business, but the rewards are very good. It's the same as cycling. You, need, you can't take out what you haven't put in. So you can't expect that your business will, will grow if you haven't put anything into it. So if you want to be, if you want to be a five-star, a one-star rep, Make sure you've got five people engaging with you.
come to you. So if I were you, um, I don't know if the tickets are already up for sale. Yeah. So you should buy five tickets and make sure you bring five people with you. And this is a rule that Session always says. If you want to grow your business, you need to go find five new people. So if your business is stopped and stagnant, go find five new people. And that's how you will grow out of this. Like now, when I came back from Hong Kong, um, I said to Session, Session, I want to rank up the other people. He said to me, very easy is ready. Go and find five new people and build two new people, which is 250 each. And I said, okay, fine, I'll do it. And the reason I'm going to do it is because I know he's done it. And because he's done it, I'll listen to him. I like copying people who have the life that I want. Right? So you should do that. If I get five tickets, if you want to be a senior rep, make sure you've got 10 people plus. And here's what's going to happen. If you are a senior rep right now, and you have less than 10 people at the next event, guess where you're going to be? You're going to lose your rank. Because that's how you can track. If you don't have 10 people as a senior rep at the next event, you're probably not going to be a senior rep in this group. Next thing, if you want to be a director, you need to have 25 plus people at the event. If you want to be a marketing director, you need to have 50 people at the event. I didn't say 50 personals. I said 50 people in your team have to be at the event. But here's what amateurs will do. If I signed her up, and she signed her up, and she signed her up, I will, an amateur will call her and ask her, has Mary booked her ticket? Has she booked her ticket? A professional skips her, goes directly, goes directly to her, gets her to get a ticket, then phones her and says, you're done running on a ticket, how come you don't have it? <laughs> That's how we go. We don't go to the person that's been there the longest. We go to the newest person and we make sure that they book the event. Because how does it feel? You are the upline, you have it booked, and your downline is, is unperforming. So that's why it's important to be close to the people in your team. You are not there to manage people, but you are there to grow through people. And the only way you can do that is by being close to the newest person in your team. The most important person in your team is the newest person. Not the person who's been there a long time, because they've got bad habits, okay? But the new person, you can start afresh. Like uh, Matt Morris says, it's easier to, to give birth than to resurrect the dead. So find new people, right? So that's part of getting ready for something, right? But here's the thing, I was excited, this was the start of the race, I was excited, puffed up, I had done my training, I thought, yes, now I'm ready. And guess what? On day one, we were all excited as day. First 10 kilometers of the race, after 5Ks, there was a steep hill. The steep hill went on for 4 kilometers. It was hard. Even though I had trained, it was hard. And that was just at the beginning. So some of you in your business right now are feeling like it's hard you can get your four. But I'll tell you this, if you stick by, if you stick to it and you keep doing what you're supposed to do, you will get your four, you will get through the hard thing. The, the first four Ks of this race, for me it was hard, I could have quit because it was steep. The, it, was, it was so steep, I think it was a 15 degree gradient which I had to cycle up. You haven't walked up the 
body's cold. And now this thing is like me. The first thing you see is a hill. Some of you are having adversity right now in your business. The one thing I know is that our business has a cycle. You have adversity. You have adversity. Then you have prosperity. Then you hit a plateau. Then you either have adversity again or prosperity. But the thing is this. Some people start with adversity. Some people start with prosperity. But you don't know who starts where. Even when you get started, you don't know where you're going to start. The question is, are you going to let your why take you through this difficult time? And I don't care who you are, you will definitely have adversity in your business and a plateau at some point. Speak to any IMD, they will tell you there was a point when they lost the team or when they were not signing up people. Sachin saw 146 people who said no before he got his first yes. But guess what? He saw 146 people in one month. See, some of you, the problem is you are seeing only 10 people in a month. So getting to 146 is going to be very hard and very painful. But if you do it quick, you forget. So that's why it's important to keep going. So after the first day, I made it through the first the first hit. For the longest I had ever ridden, the first day is the longest day of the race, it's 125 kilometers. We rode, the first half was hard, I was cramping because I'd never done anything longer than 60 k's during my training. I was cramping, the last few kilometers were all uphill, I was cramping, I was in pain, but I made it all the way to the end of day one. Right? You can picture that as signing up one person. Right? Because remember, you haven't trained, you haven't been doing this. You are still learning, you're going to make mistakes, you're going to fall over, you're going to trip, you're going to say the wrong thing, people are going to laugh at you, and you need to build that thick skin. So it's going to be hard. The first day is not going to be easy. The first month is not going to be easy. But you just need to keep pushing. So I made it through day one. I was like, yeah, I've done it. Day 2K was 110 kilometers the second day. That was also hard, but I made it through. Third day came, um, my riding partner, the lady that I told you about, she started dehydrating. So we had to stop um, so that she can be seen by an ambulance. And that's what's gonna happen in your team. Someone is going to slow you down because they can't keep up with your pace. And the question is, what are you going to do at that point in time? Are you going to quit and focus on the person that's slowing you down, or are you going to continue and finish the race? On day three, my, 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 my partner quit. She quit the race, she said it was too hard, she was dehydrating, they put in an ambulance, and I was left alone. Now you can imagine riding 110 kilometers all by yourself, without a partner. If you get a puncture, the one there to help you. If anything happens to you, you need water, you need painkillers, you need whatever on the race, there's no one there to help you. So I had to find other people to work with. So some of you, the person that signed you up quits already. And you now don't know who to work with. Guess what's the fun thing with mountain biking? There's always people riding. You just catch up to them and you ride with them. Same thing here. Find someone who's winning at this, stick to them, and work with them. Whether they are your upline or not, just find someone to work with. 
If, some, if your upline quits, doesn't mean you must quit. Keep going. Find someone to work with and keep going. So anyway, I finished stage three. Great. We get to stand from day there. I was the last person to arrive. They even had the light on. They had to say the surgery to make sure I was still <laughs> So I arrived, and my partner was there. My surprise, the ambulance took her. I thought she was in hospital, and she was there at the finish line, <laughs> waiting for me. And the thing is this, you are going to have people who will quit and watch you. There are some people who will be waiting to see, are you going to make it? And the question is, are you going to let them win, or are you going to be the one that wins? So that, I arrived, she, she gave me a beer at the end, yeah, it was great. And we went and ate dinner. The next day was day four. That's when things really turned bad for me. So day four, you must remember, I was still quite an amateur at this sport. So this was at the end. But on day four, what happened was, we were riding, and there was a section where there was a steep drop. It was, 100, it was 150 uh, uh, centimeter drop, 1.5 meters drop, right? Now, I was gunning it, speeding, and I went over the drop, and picture this. You saw the cliffs, right? There was a cliff like this. So I'm going there, there's a drop, one foot, one, 150 centimeters. There's a cliff here, then there's a wall over here, a rock wall. So I go over, but I went too fast. And then I tried to, to stabilize, I couldn't. I tried to hold on to the, to the side of the mountain. I hit a rock, broke my hand. At that time when I broke my hand, I was still warm, so I wasn't feeling the pain. So I continued riding. And as I continued riding, the pain started coming. So there was an ambulance halfway through, I stopped. I said to the guy, I hit my hand, but I don't know what's wrong. I don't think it's broken. Can you just strap it and I'll keep going? So he just put the bandage on, strapped my hand, I keep going. And now, picture this, my hand's broken. And now we're going through a very rocky section. So my hands are doing this the whole time. I get to the second ambulance. I'm in tears. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to keep going. And you know what made me keep going? When I did the race, when I signed up for the race and I found out what it was, I had made a decision that I'm going to do this for a course. So one of the courses that I support is called uh, Alroy at home. It's a course that uh, creates awareness for adoption. Right, for children who are abandoned. So what they do is that they find children who are babies who are abandoned and they help them find adoption. So I do a lot of awareness for them. And I had decided that I was going to do it for them. Now had I quit on that day when I broke my hand, the money that I was raising for them, they wouldn't have gotten. Because the way I was raising money was for every kilometer I ride, people had to donate a certain amount. So for example, you would say I would donate $1 for every kilometer. That means if I finish 900 kilometers, you're going to donate $900. But here's the catch. If I don't finish, you don't donate anything. So obviously, if I didn't finish, there would have been no donation to the home. So when I went past the second ambulance, I still wasn't thinking about, I was thinking I have to finish the race, and this thing, it will probably go away. So I kept going. 
conferred evidence, they had to take me out of the race for that day because I was in so much pain and I didn't cry because of the pain. But I was crying at that point. Can you picture me wailing with tears? And I was crying because of the purpose of me doing the race. And me realizing if I don't finish the race, there's nothing that's gonna happen to this woman. Now this is exactly why I say to you, if you don't know your why in this business, when things go bad, when your whole team quits, you will also quit because your why is not bigger than what you're going through. That is why it's very important, the first thing you figure out is why you want to do this. If you haven't figured that out, you will quit with this now. So anyway, day four, I hurt my hand, they take me out of the race to take me to the hospital to take x-rays. They find out my hand really is broken. They gave me a choice. Do you want to quit or do you want to finish the race? doctor advised me to quit. I said, no, I'll finish the race. And he says, okay, every morning come to me and I'll strap your hand and you can ride. As you can see, that's my hand there. It was strapped every single day. I had to go get it strapped so that I could finish the race. And this is me finishing the race. Oh. And you can see I was even smiling. That's my wife there, that's me smiling. I'd forgotten about the pain because of the joy I had when I finished the race. That's how you're going to look when you make IAP one. Yeah. Because you did not quit and you kept going. Regardless what came across, you still kept going. That's why it's important to understand your why. That's why it's important to train and be ready for when you're going to get there. See, the one thing that Session says to me the other day, he said, Zwebi, you have to become an IMD here first yeah. before you receive it. Then he says, every single thing in life that was created was first created in the mind before it became a reality. Yeah. But the thing is, most of us want it to be reality first before we have it in the mind. You must know what it feels like to be an IMD. The other day, Session posted on Facebook, he says, um, I talk a lot about Session because he's my coach and I listen to him a lot, and I learn a lot from him. He's, he posted on Facebook, on, on, on Instagram, and he says, he has just received, he's just placed an order to the universe for Gulfstream 500 private jet. And that's exactly what he says to me every day. He says, place the order to the universe. Say what you want. How many people do affirmations every day and they say what it is that they want? See, the thing is, if you don't say it, doesn't happen. So I, I, I'm a Christian, so and I'm not pushing that on anyone, but one thing that I always believe, the Bible says that God created with his word, right? He spoke the word, the world into existence. It also says that we are created in his image, right? So that means if, if, if we are made in his image and he spoke the world into existence, we can speak our lives into existence as well. So if you don't do your affirmations and you don't talk about what you want, you will never have it. Because one thing I know is that if you don't say it, you don't believe it. Some people say they believe they're going to be IMDs, but who have you ever told that you're going to be IMD? Some people believe they're going to be IMD, but have you gone to go look at the house 
that you would buy when you become an MP? Have you gone to look at the car that you will drive when you become an MP? See, you can't have something unless you've seen it before. That's why if you've never been exposed to something, you don't crave for it. It's like, this is not a good, a good example, but I'm going to use it anyway. It's like someone who takes drugs. Before they took drugs, they never, they never missed drugs. They were never exposed to it, so they never had a need to take drugs. But after being exposed, then they want more. Same as being wanting to become an IMD. First, you need to see it and be exposed to what that life looks like so that you yourself can then want it and take the action to get to it. That's very important. What I'm going to do now, um, before I go on to the next section, I want to play this video. Hard one. Um, is the sound? Make sure the sound is good. How do I know? A lot of people, when they think of the phrase, how do I know, they always want to put the what behind it. How do I know what I'm supposed to do? The question you really should ask is, how do I know why? New people that you are going to go talk to, where you're going to find six new people. I want you to then work with those six people from the start who are already part of your team to help them get their six. But it doesn't mean that you neglect getting your own six. See, the problem with most people is that they stop trying to get their own customers and they focus on these ones to get customers. Martha Center always says, your number one job in all ventures is to recruit and train, recruit and train. And if you're not doing that, your business is not gonna grow. So consistently go look for new people. Don't just say, ah, I've got my six, now they're gonna do the work. It doesn't work that way, right? So what we're gonna do, go find, Six people in your team who are working and go help them. Then go find six new people. Make a list of six people that you're gonna go find. And this makes sure that you are targeted at building your business. You are not just shooting at blanks, but you are saying you are strategizing. You're saying, I'm working with this one, and I'm gonna work through them and make sure that we get some. Because the important thing is this. The person who's taking action is the person that's sponsoring a cell phone regularly. Because when someone sponsors a cell phone, that means you've got new contacts that you can talk to. So that's why you find the newest person plus the person that's taking action. Because they're always constantly showing new people. That means there's constantly a fresh phone contact that you can go show people. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Next thing is inviting. Very, very, very important. Now that you've made your list, you need to invite people so you can show them exactly what we do. So we have a few ways of inviting back home, which I will teach you guys, but it doesn't say that whatever you were using to invite doesn't work, it works. But I'm just sharing with you what we do, okay? Right, so it might be slightly different to, to, to how you guys invite. So we've got two ways of inviting. One of the things that we do, so there's a hot market invitation to people that I'm getting close to, and there's an invite to acquaintances and friends and so on, and then there's an invite to complete strangers. Right. For me, complete strangers are people that I met on Facebook that I don't know at all. Right. So when I invite somebody that's close to me, that's very close to me, here's what I say. I call them and I say, let's say Mary is my sister. So they're thinking on you. 
But let's say Mary is my sister or a very <coughs> close friend of mine. I will call and say, Mary, there's serious money to be made and I thought of you first. What are you doing tonight at half past six? She might say nothing, and I say, great, meet me at my house at half past six. Now, she's not coming because of me, but she's coming because she's thinking, there's serious money and she knows she needs money. Or what I would do is I would call her and say, Mary, when you said you hated your job and you wanted something else, were you being serious? She says, yes. Then I say, come over to my house at six o'clock. There's something I want to share with you. And then she says, okay, cool, I'll be here. So that's someone close to you. You wouldn't call someone that's not close to you because you don't have that kind of relationship. So the problem is that sometimes we try and use that same script on people that we don't know. There has to be a certain level of trust before you say certain things to people. But the lady that I met, so at the hotel where I'm staying at, there's a lady I met that uh, she's uh, a receptionist. So I was making jokes with her. And she told me how much she hates her job. And she told me that she wants to go back. She used to work in a bank in Burundi. And then she came here and ended up working in Kolinda. And then she says she hates her job. She wants to go back to banking, but she doesn't like the banking hours. She's really frustrated. She doesn't know what to do. And I was like, ah, okay, great. Now, I did not say to her, hey, there's still has money to be made, and I don't know the case. I don't know her, why don't I read her first? So the invite to her is completely different. So when I spoke to her, I said, look, you said that you hate what you do. What if I showed you what I do? Would you be willing to listen? She said, yes. I said, cool. We have a presentation here tomorrow. Are you free? She said, uh, no, I'm not. I'm working a 2 o'clock shift. I said, okay, cool. But I'm here until the end of the week. We can have coffee. She says, no, we can't have coffee together in the hotel because I'll get fired. I said, okay, cool. What time do you knock off? She says, no, she knocks off at 3. I said, okay, great. At 6.30 on Monday, meet me at the hotel down the road. And guess where I'm bringing her? Yeah. You see, and what I did is I found what she wants and I'm trying to fulfill a need. And I'm finding a solution for her. See, the problem a lot of the time is that we only think about ourselves when we're inviting people. Make them want to come. One way we do it is by creating curiosity. That you can only do with people who are close to you. People who are not close to you, you make them come based on what they want in life. So one thing that I do now is I attend a lot of conferences uh, and a lot of, because uh, in Joburg we have a lot of free seminars where there'll be a speaker that comes and then they do a free seminar. Normally they try and sell you something. So they'll do the free seminar, you'll get value out of it, then they will try and get you to buy a course from them or something like that. So I'll attend those. My only reason is to be there and meet people. You meet people, you talk to them, you ask them, so what did you find useful about this course? Why do you attend these things? I'll tell you, I'm looking for more in life. Then I say, then I take your details and I say, hey, you know what, if something comes up and I find something, I'll give you a call. <laughs> I don't call them immediately. I'll call them in maybe a week or two and I say, hey, let's do coffee. Then when we do coffee, I say, hey, remember when you said you were looking for more?
more. I was looking for more too. I was working 40 to 12 hours every single day working for the presidency, and I was hardball. So hardball means I was sick time. So I was hardball, and I was looking for more. And I found it. And this thing that I found is going viral. It's big. And I'm showing it to everybody that's willing to listen. And I'm going to take this all over the world. I don't know if it's a fit for you or not, but I'm sharing it with you because you said to me that you were looking for more. Is that true? They say yes. I say, okay, great. Press play. Oh. <laughs> and that's it. I've already done the three-step setup, and I'm fulfilling a need that they have. See, there is no way of microwaving networking. The problem is a lot of people will try and spam people, try and do all of these things, you can't. You have to do it, it's a baby-to-baby business. You have to talk to people, you have to connect with people, you have to find out what they want so you can give them what they want. People are only in it for themselves. That's why they don't show up when you invite them because they can sense it's for your benefit and not for their benefit. So when you invite someone who's not close to you, do not say there's serious money to be made in. And do not say I'm making an announcement to the closest friends and family at my house. Please cut. Because they're thinking, since when am I feel close to and family? So you don't do that. But if you say, hey, listen, We've been having a chat, and this is what you said, and you said you needed this. What if I showed you something? Would you be willing to listen? Sometimes I even do that with people on Facebook. Um, so, so this is the new thing I'm testing out. I don't know if it works yet. So I reached out to this lady on Facebook. So she liked my picture from the hot cabin, which was an old picture. You know when people stalk your old pictures? <laughs> so Facebook is, is, is very nice. If someone likes it, it doesn't matter how old you posted it it brings it up. So when it brought it up, I was like, okay, I don't know this person, but hey, they like my picture. So I sent a message and said, hey, how are you doing? Thank you for liking my picture. She says, oh, you seem to travel a lot. I said, yeah, it's fun, isn't it? She was like, yeah, I wish I could do it. Then I said to her, listen, I see your profile says you live in Pretoria. I'm looking to expand my business into Pretoria, right? And I know you love travel, and I think you're an open-minded person based on what I saw your profile. Is that true? She then responded and said, hey, Mr. Profile Analyst. (laughs) 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 And people have a sense of humor. So I said, yes, Ms. Traveler. <laughs> and then she says, Yes, I live in Pretoria. What business are you in? So here's the thing because I don't know her, I can't say it's a surprise. <laughs> because the first question she'll be saying is, Tell me when you're doing a business, now it's a surprise. I must have coffee with you for you to tell me the surprise. <laughs> so I, so I, I was very frank with her. I said, Look, I'm in the travel business, I run an online business, but first, why is it that I get fired? See, sometimes you need to make the other person want to listen to you. So I edified myself. I said, I've been doing this online business for three years. I've been doing it part-time. This is what I did for a living. But I realized that I wanted more in life and I'm doing this. 
And that's why it's important to have stories. Because you can't identify yourself without stories of your own. Right? And that's why this works with people who have already burnt their hot markets. Your friends and family and people closest to you. Because you've already shown all of those people. Now you're showing people you don't know. So when, <laughs> so when you're showing people you don't know, you must have already done everything with people that you know. Yeah. The problem is that a lot of you are just going on Facebook trying to show people you don't know, and you haven't shown people you know. You see, when you're showing people you know, that's when your business gets traction and you can build stories. So that when you talk to a stranger, you have a posture because you are confident. And secondly, you've got stories of your own that you can use to identify yourself. So anyway. So I identified myself, I told her this is my background, I've been doing this for three years, it's an online business, and then I said, and I do it as a voice note. So first I sent a message, then when she responds, I deliberately sent a voice note. Why? A voice note is more personal, right? It's almost like a phone call, even though it's not a phone call. And they can hear right? So that's what I do. So in my voice note, I said, hey, so I've been doing this for three years, a super amazing online business that I'm running. It's in the travel space. You love traveling. Let's meet up and I'll share it with you. And I said to her, the thing is this, if you have a smartphone and you are not making money off your smartphone, somebody else is making money off you. And I'm running an online business that allows you to travel and see the world. And also, if you up for it, make additional income. She was like, really? I've got a coffee date on Monday. Wow. Not tomorrow, following week when I get back home. And I reached out to her yesterday while I was at the bar <laughs> at, at, at Illusion. Because there was a time when the DJ was. <laughs> so I sat down and I was sitting here. So, so now I'm on a coffee date next week, Monday, when I get back. And here's the thing I'm in Uganda, and she's like, wow, you're traveling again. You are sitting at lawns and you are having dinner and you are earning points to travel more and you post it on social media and they said, Oh, you are earning points and you're doing it again. Let's do that one of them points too. This is why you're creating a story. Exactly what you do. So anyway, so I'm eating with that cold market. The other way I do cold markets um, is this. I reach out to people and I compliment them on their profile. Right? These are people on social media. I compliment them on their profile, and depending on the vibe I get, this is something that I say to them. I always say, your profile has great potential, and I think you would be great at what I do. Are you open to having a business? They'll either say yes or no. If they say yes, great. If they say no, well, next. But here's the thing I'll tell you, so social media you have to kiss a lot of frogs before you find the fit. So don't assume you're just going to sit back and do social media and you win at this. You still need to do face-to-face meetings. That's why what I do is whoever I meet on social media, I take them off social media as quickly as possible. So that we can friends now, face-to-face. That's what I do. Okay, so that's enough about that. Right? So the next thing is presenting, right? So here's the thing, most people are scared of presenting because they're thinking I'm gonna be standing in front of people. So here's what I'm gonna to say to you. 
The only way to get over being scared of identity is to visit. There is no other way. The same, the only way of getting over the fear of getting an injection is by just getting an injection. <laughs> That's what it is. So you're going to have to present. You cannot share with people if you're not presenting. And the thing is, presenting can be playing the video and then saying at the end, what did you like most, and closing. That's also presenting. But the thing is this, that people that you are close to, they don't just want to watch the video, they want to hear your experience. Yeah. So that's why it's important, after you've shown someone the video, is to tell them your experience, and just share. And the way that I always look at it, when you're talking in front of people, it's just like having a conversation with one person. That's what it is. Forget about everybody else, Choose someone. See, I told Mary today, while I'm having a conversation with Mary. It made it easier for all of us. And that's what it's all about. So you have to present. And the more you present, the better you get it. Right? So you need to present. But you cannot present if you haven't invited. Right? And remember, when you're presenting, what are you doing? You are just sharing the information. You are not collecting a decision. You are just sharing. See, the problem you guys, well, I'm not just saying you guys, but most people have, even back home, is a lot of people have the problem, they're scared of collecting a decision, so they don't present, because they're scared of the rejection afterwards. Let me ask you a question. When you tell your friends about a movie that you like, that they might not like, do you care what they say afterwards? <laughs> you're telling them about the movie, you're just sharing your movie. Or let me ask you this. This is, I'm sure this has happened to everyone. You have a girlfriend or a boyfriend. You like them to bless your friends, don't like them. But you still tell your friends about your girlfriend, your boyfriend, don't you? Yeah. You don't yeah. care what they say, right? Yeah. You're just sharing with them what you did with your boyfriend. You went to a club, you took you to a date, you bought your roses. Whether they like him or they don't like him, you are sharing anyway. That's exactly what we do. We are just sharing. So that's what presenting is. It's just sharing to people. That's why IC stands for invite, share, not invite, sell. Mm -hmm. See, we are sharing. We are not salespeople. A salesperson has to convince you. A salesperson has to tell you about all the benefits and tell you why you should do this and why you should do something else. And then there always, there always is a catch with a salesperson. So we don't do that, we just share. If you like it, you like it, if you don't, you don't. And that's it. Not everybody's gonna do it. Some will, some won't. So, right? So that's what we do. So that's what presenting is, just sharing. And if you are really scared of talking, play the video. And just say, hey, my friend, I want you to see this video. <laughs> <laughs> Doing something is better than doing nothing. I would rather have 20 people doing something than somebody trying to be perfect. Just as long as you share. And here's the thing, you will only get better if you are doing it. That's why I always say to people, start with your friends and family, because if you mess it up, you can always come clear that later. Now imagine messing it up with new people that you don't know. Imagine I mess it up with this traveler, this traveler when I meet her on Monday. She will not forgive me, because I don't know her. 
Next time I ask her to do coffee, she'll say, ah, that one, no. <laughs> but because I've been sharing with close friends and so on, I've learned enough to know what to say. Right? So it's all about practice, and you only become good if you are doing it. Right? Yeah. Okay, what's the next thing? Closing. Here's the one thing that people like doing at the end of the presentation. They ask you, so what did you think? So here's the thing that I'll tell you. People don't buy things and they don't make decisions based on logic. And I can ask the ladies this because they do. Like, how many times have you bought two pairs of shoes that look the same? <laughs> it might be different colors. Yeah. Is that logic? No, because you fell in love with your shoes or you bought two of them. Or maybe ask the guys, if you drive a car, how many times have you gone to buy fancy rims for your wheels because they look nice? They're not practical, they just look nice. And that's what we do. Or you go buy a big fancy TV because it looks nice. You don't need it, but you first bought it. People buy things because of how they feel, not based on how they think. Even the green people, by the way, they still buy things based on how they feel. So if you don't appeal to people's emotions and you appeal to their logical side, especially if you are new, they will come up with questions which you will not be able to answer. Because as soon as I ask you, what did you think? What you start thinking is, this is an exam. So I need to show how smart I am <laughs> when I give you an answer about what I think. See, we are in a fun club. So that's why at the end of the presentation, what I always do is, that was awesome, wasn't it? Yeah. What did she do? She put her hand up because yeah. I put my hand up. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone will do that. If you say that was awesome, wasn't it? You put your head up, they'll give you a high five. <laughs> Especially if you are smiling. People like people who are happy. So be happy and smile and give a high five. So after they say yes, it was, you say great. So what did you like most? The travel, the business, or both? Then you smile. <laughs> if they say the travel, you say great. What did you like? Platinum or gold? <laughs> and then they'll say gold. They'll either say gold or platinum or they might ask a question. And here's the thing that I do. So back home we are quite brutal in the way that we close. So if someone says they have questions, so here's what I say. I say great. Before I answer your questions, do you have $150 to get started? <laughs> if they say no, then I say, well, I don't know how to answer your question. <laughs> it was even better when we still had a different price for gold or platinum. Because they would ask me, so why are you asking? I said, because my answer to you will depend on which one you like. Because your question might be related to a full answer. Or... <laughs> <laughs> okay, give me your answer. Yeah. So that's what I would ask. Because the one thing you don't want to do, you don't want to present after the presentation is over. Yeah. 
some of you are answering questions representing what was presented up front. Because what you are doing when you do that, you are de-edifying the person who was presenting, and you are de-edifying the video that they just saw. That is why it's important to not try and answer questions and get the person to say yes or no. And here's the thing. Most people, their problem is not the product. The problem is not the business. The problem is whether or not they have the money to pay for it. That 90% of the objections I've had have always been because somebody doesn't have the money to pay for it. So if you get the money issue out of the way, then you can really deal with the real issue. Because if they have the money and they're asking questions, they should be asking questions of, well, how does it work? Can I get it to work? Can I do it? That kind of thing. And also, you get two kinds of questions. There are questions that, can I do it? And there are questions which are trying to find out why I shouldn't do it. So a why I shouldn't do it question is like this. But isn't this a pyramid scheme? Because that person is trying to find a reason why they shouldn't do it. Yeah. And why I should do it question is, look, I don't have a lot of time. How much time do I need to do this business? See, that is, okay, I want to do this, but I don't know how much time I need. So when you are closing, you need to start thinking about what the person is saying. The problem is that a lot of you are trying to close the sale. You are not listening to the person. You know when people talk, they say a lot of things. But if you are one-track minded, you miss everything they say. And you just keep trying to close the sale when they are trying to get something for them to be able to make a decision. So when someone says, I have a question, get the money issue up the, up the way. That's number one. So, so you've done two things. By saying, which one did you like most, the travel, the business, or both? They will tell you, I like the travel, or I like the business. So already, you know they like it. The next thing is they want, obviously if you like something, you want it, right? Yeah. So the next thing is, okay, do you have the money for it? If you have the money, then great. Then the next question would be, how much time does this take? Or I need to go talk to my wife or whatever. But if you've already taken away the money issue and the wanting it issue, normally those questions will come. That's what I found, right? So very important, you need to know whether they like it or not. But you don't say, did you like it or didn't you? <laughs> you ask them, which one did you like? If you give people options, they choose what you give them. If you say, did you like it or not, you've given them a not option. <laughs> and they're going to say not, maybe. And sometimes they say not because they think they can't afford it, not because they don't want it. So always say, what did you like most? The travel, the business, or both? I'm sure most people who were here yesterday that I helped close, um, that's the question I came to ask everybody. First thing I came, I said, hey, what did you like most? They said, travel. I said, yes. Then I welcomed them to the team. I didn't even wait for them to fill out the form or anything. Oh, that's another thing which is important. When you come to the travel party, make sure you have forms. And here's why. Not everybody will pay and get started on the spot. But how do you know who to follow up with if you don't have a document that tracks who you've shown. So that's what the form is for. So what we do back home is, when someone wants to get started, I, I left my phones in the, in the hotel room. I give them a form, they fill out the form. If they don't have the money, they write on top which day they'll have the money. So I don't wait much to up with them. Because if I don't know, they do fill out the form, they do put a date, I don't know when to follow up. Now I become a stalker. Yeah. 
So that's why it's important to have a form to take the details and also take the date when they're going to get started. Right? Then now you've got a record of when you're going to follow up. Sometimes what I even do, if they've given me all the details, including their credit card details, I don't call them on the day they said they're going to start. I just process the form. But if you go and do a contract with MTN, you sign the contract, they don't phone you at the end of the month and say, hey, by the way, you signed the contract, I'm going to deduct from your bank account. Do they? They just deduct. I don't know if it works the same here. But back home, that's what they do. You sign the contract, they give you a phone, at the end of the month, they just deduct. They don't ask you. So when somebody fills out the form, they put their details at the time at the bottom line, they're practically saying, on this date, I'm going to get started to deduct do you know how many times people call me and say, eh, I didn't want to start. <laughs> Once you've processed it, I call them, I say, welcome to the team. They're like, what team? I say, oh, I processed your form. Like, oh, okay, am I doing this? I say, yes. <laughs> That's basically what we do. Because you made the decision already, and you said when you're getting started, and if they start saying, no, but I didn't want to get started, I say, but my friend, you said, and I believe you to be a person of your word. So now, if you, you, are you a person of integrity, and you said I should do this, and I based it on what you said. So now you are saying something different. What's wrong? What happened? Did someone died. <laughs> then they start realizing that, yeah. Because the thing is, people will play games with you. You must learn how to play games with people. <laughs> okay. Another thing with closing, obviously you have objections, right? Yeah. So what's the biggest objection that you guys get? Money. Money problem. Okay. And here's how I counter it. Money is never the reason why people don't do things. How many times have you bought something that you did not have money for? So the question really is, do you want this or don't you want it? They only say, yes, I do want it. And I said, okay, so you can make a plan. What can we sell so that you can get started? Or I'll ask them, so what do we need to do to make sure that you can get started? Because think about it. Money is never a reason why people don't do things. So I'll tell you a story about back home. So an 18-year-old that finishes high school, that wants to go to university. So at home, before you can register at university, you need to pay a registration fee. The registration fee would normally be about 300 US dollars or 400 US dollars. Now, sometimes an 18-year-old does not have 300 US dollars or 400 US dollars. Either he doesn't have it or his family doesn't have it. But that child still goes to the school to go register. If an 18-year-old can raise 400 dollars, to go and register at school, hoping that they're gonna get a degree and hopefully get a job, which is uncertain. If you're an adult and you can't go and raise $150, what does that say about you? <laughs> See, sometimes we become too soft on people. And here's one thing that my coach also used to tell me. People need to be pushed to make a decision at times. People like being made, because we're so used to it. At work, the boss tells you what to do. At school, they told you what to do. So you get used to being told what to do. 
So sometimes it's not that somebody doesn't want to do something, they just need to be told what to do. But obviously you, you, you must say it nicely, people mustn't feel offended. Right? And I'm being harsh because I was told that that's how I am. And I've learned to accept who I am and learn how to live with that. Right? So here's the thing. If someone says they don't have the money, just say, oh, how does that, so here's one thing I also say. So I'll ask them first, how does it feel not to have the money? So normally say, ish, not nice. So I said, did you know that money is never the reason why people don't eat things? They will ask, how so? So I ask them, if your mother was in hospital today, so first I ask them, are your parents still alive? I did this with someone. I asked, are your parents still alive? They say yes. So I said, do you love your parents? They say yes, they love their parents. And I said, God forbid your mother gets into a car accident and they have to go to the hospital. And the hospital says they need $5,000 before they even admit your mother to the hospital. Will you let her die? They'll say no. They'll say, what do, how would you find the money? They'll say, no, go borrow. I said, ah, now we've got a solution. You can go borrow for this. <laughs> See, the thing is, we're so used to, to saying, I don't have the money. Because when we were growing up, and our parents, you wanted a pair of shoes. Ask them, they say, I don't have the money. You say, ah, there's no money. Your brain stops thinking. <laughs> so you grow up with that. Now you're an adult. When you say you don't have money, your brain stops thinking about how you can get the money. So you have to coach people how to think differently. You have to become their success coach. That's how you become a leader. Because you're going to be coaching your own team. So you start off when you're coaching a prospect, making a decision. That's what you do, right? Yeah. And sometimes sometimes I, I, I don't use it. Sometimes I'm soft and I become a yellow. And I say, oh, I hear you. What you say is not nice. <laughs> but here's what I found. Devin Dix used to play soccer and he broke his leg and he was so broke living with his in-laws. He had no money. He was so broke, he was driving a beat up van that did not even have anything. It was so beat up he was embarrassed to even drive in public. And he saw this from someone he didn't even know. And he trusted that guy and he made a plan to find the money. Today he's an IMB. If he could make a plan, uneducated as he was, just a sort of plan, you have a diploma, my friend. You are smarter. How can we find the money? So you see, you have to know who you are talking to. That's how you close. The thing is, some, some people try to close the same with everyone. People are different. When you realize that somebody is soft, you can't be hard. You have to be nice. But sometimes, like if I close a red, this was actually a funny story. So there was this guy that we went to confident. So I knew he was a red. So I brought a friend of mine, Tony, who's a director in our business. So when we got there, I got Tony to do the presentation. So at the end, I said to Shorty, if he says he doesn't have the money, you must look him in the face and say, really? <laughs> That's what exactly what happened. <laughs> so because he was a red, and because she was asking him, you don't have the money, how? He found it. <laughs> 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 Literally. 
Before he said, no, but I don't have the money to get started. She looked at him and said, you don't have the money to get started. Then he says, hold on. What do you mean I don't have the money? <laughs> He's the one that said he doesn't have the money. He turned around and said, what do you mean? Don't I look like I have the money? He got out his credit card and he got started. Today that guy is seeing a revenue. You just have to know what kind of person you need. And that's why you must get the, the living in full colors by Marcus Center. It will help your business immensely. And it's not about you finding out what color you are. It's about finding out how to deal with other colors and how to swap them. Right? So I'll give an example. I'm a blue by nature. I love fun. But because of the work that I do, I'm very detailed in what I do. Because if you build a bridge and you didn't do it right, people feel right. And if you're an engineer, you build something, people die, you get arrested if you want to change. Right? So you have to make sure you go inside. So I've had to become a green. So when people talk to me, a lot of the time they assume I'm a green. That they never think I'm a blue. But the thing is, I make decisions based on passion. If I like something, I like to do it. That's basically me. But if someone came to me and became a red, I would never sign up. If someone came to me and they were just too yellow, I would not sign up because I feel it's boring. Right? But you just have to know what kind of person that person is. Right? Okay. Any more questions on closing or any other objection that you guys get? No. Okay. What time is it now? 5.30. Oh, we've got 10 minutes. 20. Okay, perfect. Plenty of time. <laughs> Great. So, want any other objection? Spouse. Ah, okay. Spouse wants this nice one to deal with. So, so normally, if a guy says to me that they need to ask their wife, I always ask him the question. It's a hundred and fifty dollar decision. You're not buying a house. <laughs> <laughs> because let's be honest, how often do you go out with your friends on a weekend and you blow more than that and you don't ask for permission from the wife? Mm -hmm. So why now do you need to ask for permission for something that you spend anyway without asking your wife? Mm -hmm. So that's what I would normally say to say they want to speak to their spouse. <laughs> Or, what my wife normally says if she's talking to a guy, she normally says, so the wife wears the pants. <laughs> That's what she's, she's actually said to the guy. He does not want to admit that the wife wears the pants. <laughs> so, that's why it's important to actually do that, right? So the other thing that you do also when someone says they need to tell their spouse, you say, okay, great, I hear you, I understand you, when is your spouse available so that we can share it with her? Some people will make excuses and I always say to them, did you know that anything that you see, you only remember about 20% of what you see? You are going to go home. Try to explain this to your spouse. Your spouse will have questions that they're gonna ask you that you're not gonna know how to answer. So how are you going to deal with that? So they're gonna say no, because you can answer the question. Isn't it better if I go with you and I can answer all the questions for you? When can we call your spouse? Because what you want, you don't want someone to do, you don't want them to go home and show someone something that they can't explain. Because obviously the spouse is going to say no. 
you know, when I say you're going to put money in this thing, you don't even understand it. Especially if it's a woman, because women ask lots of questions. They'll ask, aha, you're going to spend $150 and $41 every month. And what are you going to get from it? Then they don't know. Ah, we're going to travel. How? Where are the trips? And you can't answer that. So that's why it's important for you to say to them, look, I know you are excited, you want to go show your spouse, but how about we do it together so that I can help answer questions that your spouse would have. Can we call her and go see her right now? Or can we call her to make an appointment right now? And make sure you make the call before they leave. Don't let them go without you doing that. Right? Okay, great. Yes, sir. I'll call you when I'm ready to get started. Ah. I take that as a no. So when someone says, I'll call you when I'm ready to get started, normally what I ask them is, how long do you need to make a decision? Because you want to be in control. Never let someone say, I'll call you when I'm ready. Who's in control? Me. You. So don't give your power away to somebody else. Always ask them the question, how long is it are you going to take to make a decision? Mm-hmm. What's there to think about? The travel or the money? Or is it because you don't have the money? So you need to be frank with people. Sometimes when people say to me, look, I need to think about it, sometimes I'll say to them, you know what? Let's be honest with each other. What are you going to need for you to be able to make a decision and for us to do business today? What's missing? What's the bottom line? Then the real reason comes up. Okay. Next thing, training. Very, very, very important. See, the thing is this. Most people skim on the training. Most people don't do the training because
I'm back and I'm fresh. Okay, awesome. I was going to talk about training, right? Okay, great. So here's the thing. Training is very important. Most people think that training is not important because they say, ah, but we get training so many times. But here's the thing that happens. Every training you attend, you only remember 20% of everything that you saw. Remember when you were at school? They made you repeat everything? They made you do a revision? Exactly the same thing is what training does for you. Because I don't care how smart you are, but research has shown that even the biggest and greatest genius doesn't remember more than 50% of what they saw. Especially if you're going to be in a training for a few hours. You'll only remember 50% if you are a real genius. So that is why you need to go back to training because there's something you missed in the previous training that you need to know. And see, the thing is, when you start saying, but I've been to training, I know it all, that's when you stop learning. That's when you stop growing. Because as soon as your attitude is, but I know, that means you are not humble and coachable to learn more. That's why training is very important. So let me ask a question. How many people have got their tickets booked for up to me? If you've got the ticket booked, please stand up. How much is the ticket for RTE? 